every year the offense changes a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And from UCF to Ole Miss to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. it's different, you know. And that's part of the great part about it is he's forever evolving and and changing to adapt to, you know, new defenses, yeah. uh, new structures. So having that, I mean, it's it's a blessing, but it's also, you yeah. know, there's some growing pains with it, but. Um, just year one, I think we learned the base of it, and obviously we struggled in some areas. But year two, we can kind of dive into the details. Yeah. And I think like just having that going into spring, it was way better. Do you like playing fast? I do. I don't want to s- sound like Chris Brown, but I like to switch up the tempo. You know, what <laughs> <Yeah>. I <mean>? like, <laughs> like I think he's rubbing off. You know, being, a, being able to play fast and take advantage of. You know, defenses that aren't set, um, I think is important. But I think being able to play at our pace, and most importantly, it's just controlling the game. Yeah. You know, on the offense, we set the tempo. I think that's more of the aspect I like. There's Dylan Gabriel. More wrinkles in the offense this year. Likes to go fast, but likes to slow it down a little bit as well. And. I uh, think I speak for the majority of the fan base on this one. Yeah, sure, I want the offense to continue to go fast. But more than anything, I would also like to see the offense slow it down quite a bit and still be able to run the football and pick up first downs. Because, Travis, this offense had some Achilles heel last year. I don't know if they had a bigger one than that. Not being able to move the sticks unless that they were going with a, with a super tempo up pace offense. Yeah, it's... It, it, it should be used as a weapon, right? If you notice something like, hey, you know, they're they're, you know, getting a little gassed or like the defense that is, if the defense is getting gassed or they're having a tough time substituting or we can catch them, you know, kind of kind of sleeping if you will, then use it. But, you know, if you've got a lead late, I don't want to see the ball snapped with 18 seconds left on, on you know, on the play Amen. clock, you know? Like that's that's the thing that that you know gets to me is you don't always have treat it treat it like a sports car you know you don't always have to just floor it everywhere you go but if you need to get that thing up and going you know when you're like on an like you know an on-ramp onto a highway or something i'm not saying you're racing it or anything i'm just saying if you got to get up to speed you want to know that you got some some horsepower behind you. But again, that doesn't mean you just keep your foot on the gas the entire time. 806 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Fast or slow, don't care. Just move the ball and show some accuracy. We need to win those close games this year. Yeah, I I, I agree. Fast or slow. I, I would just like to see them in a close game be able to play the game at their pace, you know, instead of – because here's the thing, like they, they tried to go fast last year or snap the ball with 18 seconds. We all remember those consecutive three and outs against Oklahoma State. Like th- This goes to the defense as well, man. If you're wanting the defense to be a lot better this year, the offense being able to move the ball without tempo is actually going to – it's going to benefit a lot for the defense this year and being a lot better. They were putting some tough spots last year. No, I agree with that, and – it. But here's the thing. I think if we have better depth on defense, then it's not as noticeable that we're putting the de- – like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it, 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 the defense not being able to get off the field was an issue for sure. But I don't think a lot of it had to do with 
you know, them the the offense's pace, right? They just they just we didn't have much depth after the linebackers. It dropped off to a bunch of true freshmen that weren't ready to play. You know, Shane Witter gets hurt. You know, we're not you know the best at that position, anyways. You've got a first year starter, and then uh, guys in Deshaun White and David Uwebu that weren't weren't the highest you know level compared to what Venables is used to having at that position on the defense, right? So. I think yes. I think last year they could have yes, maybe slowed the defense down to say, hey, look, our defense, you know, they're having a tough time getting off the field. They're giving up a lot of third downs, a lot of fourth downs. Let's slow it down a little bit. I think if we had like a top twenty defense last year, then Levy could have said, well, hey, I'm just going to keep it going because you guys are getting three and outs. You guys are, you know, you guys are doing a lot of nice things on defense. We can really stretch this thing. Uh, what really needs to happen? I think we've uh, gotten to this point of the conversation and how many times did we mention this in a pre- or post-game show last year? It was the word of the year. Complimentary. Remember saying mm-hmm. that word all the time? Complimentary football. Uh, PTSD, they did, yeah. They did not play. They, they couldn't figure that out for the life of them last year. Um, there were – well, I, I guess in what the first quarter against Oklahoma State they did, they, they finally found it and put it together, but, you know, it, it didn't happen the second half of, of Bedlam last year. So, I, I – The swings I, were shocking. The, I mean, they were – Yeah, I mean, they, they were – They were shocking. They were drastic, man. They really were. I, I mean, mean, West I, Virginia comes out – or West Virginia we come out and we look like a top ten defense all of a sudden. But the offense, obviously, crazy weather. Offense can't do a, a, a thing. And then you see us in, in, like, Texas Tech, we're, we're throwing the ball with deep ball after deep ball. Mims is coming down. DG's putting it on the money. You know, all this guy. It's like, how are these two teams, like, how are they the same people? Like, it's like they were being just, it's like we were all being fooled. Yeah. No, you, you could have a take last year late in the second quarter, like, hey, uh, don't look now, but the OU defense is playing pretty well. You'd put that out there, and an hour later, it looks like the worst take of all time. It was true at the time. They were playing well. And then an hour goes by, you know, you get into third quarter, and all of a sudden, they're giving up big play after big play, and the people are like, that's the dumbest take of all time. What are you talking about? So they just couldn't find any level of consistency last year. Even the games where the defense did play well, the Iowa State game, um, the Oklahoma State game, like, the, the games where the defense played probably its best last year ended up being some of the worst games by the offense. It's just, yeah, I mean, it, it's just crazy. It's just weird. Like, and and that's that's one of the many reasons, Tyler. Like, that's one of the many reasons that I have high hopes for this season. Right? Not only did we get better depth, like more competitive depth. Obviously, we got a lot of guys that didn't play any snaps left, and we brought in guys like Trace Ward, Rondo Bothroyd, Desan McCullough, Reggie Pearson, like contributors, contributors. Like, you bring those guys in, so, okay, you check the box for competitive depth, but I just don't think we can replicate that. Like, I don't think you can legitimately replicate playing so bad on one side of the ball and so good on the other, like, repetitively. Like, so that's why I just, that's why I have high hopes, because I just don't believe that that can happen again. From the 918, has Dylan Gabriel been working on his slide with the baseball team because he needs to start to, to learn the slide better? Uh, well, Kyler Murray was in town a few weeks ago. Maybe Kyler showed him a thing or two. Has there ever been a quarterback in college football history that's perfected the slide more in a football game more than Kyler? Looks smooth yeah. every time. It was so impressive. I mean, just to watch him slide because he'd, he'd slide and, and just slide, get right up. I mean, sometimes he would – He'd get those feet a little bit too much in the air, and I was like, oh, God, nobody just catch one of those legs <laughs> trying to jump over him. That's the last but thing But your boy need. Hodge wasn't out there when Kyler was playing, so you didn't have that's anything true. to worry about. That's true, and that's, you know, I think Dylan, 
He's a, he's a he's a fine slider, but again, I think we're just a little spoiled. We talk about how spoiled we are with quarterbacks. I mean, just based on arm and talent and all that, but we're spoiled with sliding too. Yeah. From the nine one eight, we need to play better for Sooner Nation's liver health. It's true. I, I mean, even Confirmed. going back, even going, yeah, seriously, even going back to the past several years when they were winning eleven games, it was, um, you know, you, you had to have an incredible play to beat Kansas. You had to have some crazy, like, two-point conversion stops to beat Iowa State and Oklahoma State. So, I don't think the liver health it was in good situation going into last year, but a 6-7 and seven season did not help. Be yeah, careful I mean, you're turning to LSU fans uh, after yeah, a while. I'm pretty sure, uh, I think Josh Pate said it on, on his show going into last year, I think Lincoln Riley had, like, six losses as a head coach with a 14-point lead at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so, I mean, this Fun. is, and that was the most by far, you know, amongst coaches. And it's like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't new. Like, the stress and the drama isn't new. Uh, we're hoping that we have, you know, maybe some celebratory cocktails, Tyler, afterwards. You know, it's, you know, they may be equally as hard on your liver, but maybe not on your heart. Uh, well, if you're gunny, maybe a celebratory something else. May not be a cocktail. Could be something else. He says 418 days until the SEC Grill Boy and Machine Gun, and that is that is accurate. 418 days until the SEC. Uh, by the way, I saw a uh, list today on 24/7. 50 most impactful transfers in college football this year. Or who will be the 50 most impactful transfers? Like, OU's going to have a lot of starters that are portal players, right? You're going to have um, an offensive lineman, at least one. That's going to be a starter that you got from the portal. You're going to have Rondell Bothroyd, who's going to be a starter. Trace Ford, who will probably be a starter. Desan McCullough, who's got a great chance to be a starter. So, like, when you look overall of what OU brought in via the portal, how many would you guess were on this top 50 list in college football that were added this offseason. Like, how many players does OU have on the top 50 most impactful? Hmm. I, I, I have to think of, you know, what the national perception is of some of these guys. I would bet that McCullough, Bothroyd, and Pearson are on the list. I bet, I bet Rouse Schaefer and, uh, and Trace Ford might have slipped by them, but I do think that they will be impactful. How many were on the list? Just though? one. Just what? one. Now, I, I know that surprised me, too, because I'm like, guys, I, I mean, in terms of production, Rondell Bothroyd might be one of the more productive players that the defense has this year. Maybe. Like, that could be the case. Desan McCullough was number four on the list. He ranked pretty high, but that was it in the top 50, which surprised me. Yeah, that's Because OU's going to have a lot of portal players in the starting lineup this year. Well, and that's what's odd because, you know, I bring up Bothroyd partly because he graded so well with – with, uh, you know, pass rush win rate, um, you know, so you would think national people would know that. And then Pearson, I mean, starting next to Bowman is what we're all expecting. I mean, I, I don't know. That's that's surprising. But, Tyler, I think, I think I just need to expect less out of the national media. Like, I think I just need to yeah. lower my expectations for them. Yeah, maybe so. Uh... Because the bar is – when your expectations are so low that the bar is on the ground, the national media shows up with a shovel. It, it really does. And, hey, and let's hope that those rankings aren't true. I, I guess if they are true, Desan McCall is going to be an all-Big 12 player and one of the better defensive players in the league. But it might take more than that to get to a top 30, top 40 defense this year. You're going to need Bothroyd mm -hmm. to be a good player, Pearson to be a good player, 
Trace Ford to, to be a good player this year. You're you're gonna need these portal additions to you know I I mean some you might you might say that they're a band aid on the situation at some positions. I don't think that that's the case for Pearson. I think they're pretty good at safety, but um, you're gonna need these portal guys to maybe kind of lead you the way up front on the defensive line, which may be well, the biggest question mark on your team. Well, maybe. Maybe, Tyler, we can look at it like this. Maybe if they don't end up, like let's just take Rondo Bothroy and Trace Ward just for example. Maybe if they don't end up in that top 50 by season's end, it's because they just provided a lot of really good minutes, not only maybe starting, but just the depth. The depth at edge has gotten really good really quickly, right? So you've got the incumbents in Grimes and Downs, Downs, I'll remind everybody, per usual, that he was the only player on that defense on an, on an all-conference team. And then you've got guys like Stripling, obviously guys like Trace Ford and uh, Rondo Bothroyd. But then you've got R. Mason Thomas, who, Tyler, I know you and I are very high on. And then, oh, after you deal with all the, those guys, on your biggest third down of the game, you've got a fresh P.J. Atabare coming in, and you got to deal with him after dealing with all that defensive line depth. And I think... I think that will be what's most impactful is maybe they don't put up the singular best like sack numbers, but it's just that the they they make the entire defensive line, which in turn would make the entire defense so much better. Kaysen says, and one of those was an all Big Twelve guy. Yeah, Trace Ford would have been an all Big Twelve guy at one point, right? Correct. Is that is that who he's talking right. about? Yeah, gotta be. Sooner Nation is about to put Pacifico out of business, and then Chris Rich says. Not going to lie, got more drunk during the Texas game than I have in 10 years before. That was the uh, was the only remedy for, for that situation, that's for sure. Hey, in case you didn't hear, uh, Bob Huggins will be back at West Virginia next year. Now, he is going to serve a three-game suspension, which Ooh. a lot of people have an opinion on that. A three-game suspension, a $1 million salary reduction, I think he has to give a sizable donation to Xavier, and now his contract is essentially on like a one-year basis type of thing. There's a lot of people that feel like this is going to be Bob Huggins' last season at West Virginia. I, I don't know. Who knows? But he he will be back in Morgantown next year coaching basketball. You surprised by that? Um, I'm not terribly surprised. Uh, simply because people who are extremely good at what they do, they often get treated differently. That's just it, such is life. And he's a Hall of Famer. He's got a big-time portal class coming in. Uh, West Virginia knows the Big 12 is going to be really tough. And they, they kind of looked at it and, and said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll make it look like we're taking this extremely seriously. Uh, but I don't know. I don't really think there's a, a win in this situation. I do. He does have to go to sensitivity training, and Tyler, you know how the at the women's clinic, the two twelve foundation women's clinic, they auction off experiences like yeah. calling yeah. plays during the spring game, and whatnot. West Virginia needs to do that, but you get to attend sensitivity training with Bob Hunt. <laughs> That'll go. <laughs> that would fetch. Well. That might fetch a million bucks that you that you even saved by not paying it to him. Seriously, he could get his yeah yeah. Someone could bid a million dollars on that and go 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 watch that. That'd be highly entertaining. Uh, I can't imagine the things that's going to be yelled at him from student sections next year. That's oh, going to be interesting, right? Hey, if 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 there's no other reason to to you know pack uh, Lloyd Noble uh, when West Virginia comes around, do it 
do it to just, you know. It'd be your final time to see old Huggy Bear. Well, I mean, yeah. because of the SEC move, and it might be his last year at uh, West Virginia. Exactly. Both of those. If you want to come, if you've uh, ever wanted to bit, say anything to Bob Huggins, next year <laughs> is your opportunity. If they even play, I guess um, not everyone will come to Norman next year in the Big Twelve, right? So I guess there's a chance that y- you won't see him next year. Well, if he does, you know we gotta. Last we'll, chance. We'll have to give away some tickets or something like that. Last chance. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. Big Twelve softball awards were issued about an hour ago. We'll do another quick rundown of what happened. Uh, yeah, OU cleaned house, but there were still a couple of snubs out there. We'll tell you all about it next right here on The Ref. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Attention all Sooner fans. Don't miss your chance to secure your seats for the 2023 Oklahoma football season today. Season tickets start at $400 and being a season... All right. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Big 12 softball awards announced eh, a little over an hour ago. Patty Gasso wins co-coach of the year. With the Baylor head coach, I roll emoji there, but whatever. Patty Gasso still wins co-coach of the year. Jordy Ball wins pitcher of the year in the Big 12. Jada Coleman wins player of the year in the Big 12. Grace Lyons wins defensive player of the year in the Big 12. And then Jordy Ball, Jada Coleman, Kenzie Hansen, Tiare Jennings, Haley Lee, Grace Lyons, and Nicole May are all first-teamers. OU set the record with seven first-teamers since the 12-player format began in 2013. So, not bad. But there were still some snubs on there. Alyssa Brito hits 401, fifth in batting average in the conference, and did not make first team this year. So, I know I shouldn't complain when OU has seven out of the 12 on the list, but here I am complaining about Alyssa Brito being snubbed, Travis. But rightfully so, you know. I mean, it's just go player by player it's not like you can have like a maximum round or anything like that Alyssa Brito definitely deserved to be on the team I mean you're you're dealing with a team that swept the entire conference uh, a team that you know is on historical pace quite literally could be historical pace um, after uh, you know this win streak we'll see when and if it ends but yeah, it's a bit it's a bit silly. I do want to ask you this though, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, obviously you are the host of the Diamond Envy podcast on these here podcast waves, if you will. Um, what? Why do you think? Why do you think Jordy Ball got first team over Starocco and over Nicole May? Because I think that if you're judging just based on who's the best pitcher right now. That and I don't necessarily disagree with this, honestly. That Jordy Ball looks to be the best pitcher of the three right now. If you were to go by the ERA and the numbers, well, Starocco and Nicole May have that edge, but Jordy Ball just wasn't herself um, at the at the beginning of the year. But since that Florida State game, when she came in relief and shut down the Knolls and that top five game in Norman, she's been, in my opinion, the best pitcher on the staff and probably the best pitcher in, in college softball. So I, I actually don't have a huge issue with it. Oh, yeah, I I think we can just – I'm trying to find kind of what glass they looked through to determine the rest of the team, right? Because if you want to go just ERA, then you're going to take Nicole May. You know, if you want to go with 
perhaps the biggest wins, maybe some most impressive wins, then you'll go with the four top ten wins that Alex Duraco has, you know, with her, what, 16-0 and record, .770 RA. And then, obviously, Jordy, who has been around. She was kind of known as, you know, you know, great pitcher last year. She's got more that big personality. Not that the others don't, but you know how she kind of stalks the circle, and she's just got that kind of mean mug going on, whatnot. Like, it's just it's just interesting because you can argue it any way. I just was was curious as to uh, yeah. what your argument might yeah, be. Yeah, Jonathan Papelbon thinks that he used to look intimidating for the Red Sox back in the day as a closer. Like he was like all about the mean mug. He ain't got nothing on Jordy Ball stomping around the circle. I'll tell you that much. That's that's yeah. intimidating. Well, and, and for those that don't know, um, obviously, Jordy Ball said in an interview that the reason that she stomps around the circle like that is because she played in Nebraska and was, was cold often. So <laughs> the way that she stayed warm during her uh, pitching outings was to walk around the circle and keep the blood flowing, and I think that's just hilarious. And, and to look mad. Uh, she was mad with the, with all the cold weather up there in Papillion, too. So that's, that's where the, the mad face comes. Uh, for the 405 on the text line, the softball snubs will give OU a chip on their shoulder for the Big 12 tournament if they really needed one. The rest of the conference needs to watch out. Yeah, yeah. as if they weren't already. Jordy also hits and plays outfield at times. You think that helped? Uh, I mean, not I, – I don't think it's what separated her from, from May and, and Storocco. Honestly, I just think it's – like Doug and Norman says – if you want to go strikeouts, go Jordy Ball. She's just the most do- – like, it's hard to say, like, who's the most dominant of the three, but, God, Jordy's been so good here recently, like the past month and a half. She's been dominant. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it, and it's kind of a down-the-stretch, maybe perhaps a bit of recency bias. But I also do think that a lot of a lot of people just associate maybe Jordy Ball as kind of the – oh, who, who's their ace? Oh, it's Jordy. You remember her from last year? It was crazy. Like, I think, I think Nicole May goes – it, it's wild that she goes under the radar with with a season that she's putting together, but I, I truly think she has. Uh, Robert and Hera, Big 12 Awards. How can you win Co-Coach of the Year when you finish the season fourth place in the conference? Yes, Baylor beat OU 4-3 in a non-con game early in the season, but gets swept 13-0 at home in Waco in a three-game series. As far as Brito, it is a major shame she didn't get recognized as an all-conference player off the top of my head, I think she's had more clutch game-winning hits and has drove in more runners in scoring position than any other OU hitter this season. She can show out in the World Series. Yeah, see? Some added motivate. Here you go, Travis. You've had the most first-round selections like ever, basically, and you still have some motivation coming out of it because not everyone got the recognition they deserve. That's that's how good they are. And, and this team is so tight that I'm sure not only motivation for Alyssa Brito – I'm sure even the ones that made the team are now frustrated that Alyssa didn't make it. They may forget entirely that they themselves did. They're like, no, no, we're we're all fired up now because they they they're, they play for each other. There's no doubt. Good point from the nine one eight. If you wanted to do a co award for anyone, forget head coach. You could have named May, Starocco, and Jordy co pitchers of the year. That's yeah. that's what they should have done. I like yes. that idea. Yes, absolutely. See, now, see, the text line, man, they, they know what's up. I know, they do. Smart people. The smart people, they, they tune in uh, They tune into KRAF. Would it's you uh, like to get into the debates? And it's still, uh, it's not as hot as it's been the past couple of days, but it's still there. The debate on if Jada Coleman dropped the ball in center field on purpose or not. Oh, man. What the, 
here's my favorite part. We have people reenacting it in their own homes, taking pictures from different angles, using props as if they were bases, saying, hey, look, this is how it looked for me. And they're taking, like, hey, I was bored th- last night, okay? Like, like give me some slack. <laughs> like, it cracks me up. I had a few beers, okay? Lay that off. we are, that we are debating whether or not our All-American caught it on or dropped it on purpose um, or by accident, and then that our other All-American uh, maybe or maybe not stepped on the bag. Like, that's that's where we're at in this season. Uh, we just need we need more games to be played. I oh, feel yeah. like we're getting slightly bored. Yeah, uh, seriously. Well, Jade is so good. It, it can't be that Jada just, you know, just randomly dropped a ball like that, Travis, a routine fly ball. It's like had well, to have been on purpose. Big brain stuff. Big brain stuff because yeah. since she's in the outfield, she knows there's no in-flight in, in, infield fly rule. She can drop it. I'm telling you. I'm I, I'm sure it's come up at some point because, you know, if you weren't concerned with like fielding percentage or anything like that, like it would be the smart play. like It was a and, smart play, yeah. But that's the thing. Like It, it would be the smart play to just let yeah. that drop. And that's not – like, you think, oh, dropping it on purpose is easy. Like, okay, maybe. Like, executing that play is a lot more difficult than what it seems. Oh, yeah. You, you know, like Especially throwing when you, it, when second base, second base. Like, that's, that's – it's not so easy to get a double play off that. They're just that good. Yeah, it's – yeah. It, it It is funny how crazy it got, though, because – it it just shows you a how much how much attention we pay to softball like that is that is obviously the positive side of it right and and b just man like people just love to argue about stuff oh, <laughs> like, dude, yes. like same team same team we're good Man, it cracks me up, man. Uh, Four hundred five ball is hitting well and pinch running a lot all around player. Uh, it's called OU softball fatigue from the five eight zero. Yeah, that's why there's only. That's why OU only has three of the ten finalists for Player of the Year. Like, right. Y- you could definitely argue May or uh, or Starocco for for that as well. Yeah, yes, OU softball fatigue is a really good thing. Call it fatigue. It, it, what it is is like it, it's either the ten finalists or the All Big Twelve awards. It's like okay, yes, OU's the best team. They have a lot of really good players, but we have to draw it. Off. We have to cut the line somehow. Like we can't put their whole team in there. And I'm like, why not? Like yeah, if, you if, can. You're, if you're doing a list of the best ten players, if you're doing a list of the best players in the Big Twelve. Then, if that means that there's ten OU players of the twelve, put ten OU players in there. Don't punish them. Right, come on, it's the best right. t- best twelve players. It's pretty simple. Right, you can do that. I promise you. Write their names down, release it, and I promise nobody will show up and arrest you. They may try to, but well, uh, yeah, you know. Oh, maybe. also uh, the award we forgot to mention the uh, the text line reported it. Uh, Mike White for the what eighth consecutive mm. year has won Big Twelve uh, D Bag of the Year. Yep, not no sure if he's been there. at Texas at eight years, but he's uh, he's won it every single year he's been. There. He's been a D Bag for at least eight years, so we know that much. Yeah, and as you said, they will rename that award the Mike White D Bag Award, and uh, soon Mike White will be winning the Mike White D Bag Award. That's and that's something that will definitely carry over to the SEC. I feel like that'll be an SEC. That's award. Uh, I mean that's gonna and that's gonna do numbers. That's gonna. That's going to push the uh, the Kings coronation numbers as far as viewership goes because I mean that's a big deal to get that name that get get that award named after you. I hope they I hope they do a, do a special global viewing of that. Uh, text line Tyler, you already called this, bud. Diamond Envy. That's what it is. Diamond Envy. Man. Why Alyssa Brito didn't make the list? 
Yeah, the nice brand job. is strong. The brand is strong. 405-651-3439 is the Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get back to college football coming up next right here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio. It's The Rush. Live on the ref, we're the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. And Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the NFL schedule released not until tomorrow night? Because I feel like we already know half the schedule. Yeah, it's it's not until tomorrow that, that, that I know of, but I keep seeing tweets, perhaps the best one, from the mayor of Cincinnati <laughs> with uh, Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, taking the video. Um, of their rematch with Kansas City. Obviously, he had a lot to say last time. But, yeah, I I feel like, I mean, we already know the miles that are going to be traveled. Adam Schefter tweeted that out. Like, I I mean, here's what I'm waiting on, Tyler, is the Chargers, I think it's the Chargers social media team that does such a good job with it. that, That is probably the first schedule I'll be looking at, even ahead of my Vikings. What did Travis Kelsey say to the Cincinnati mayor? Know your role and shut your mouth, jabroni. Isn't that okay. what it was? Something that Which effect? is so ironic because Travis Kelsey, anytime a microphone's in front of Patrick Mahomes, he runs up and starts yelling into Seriously. it. So if there's anybody who needs to know their role, it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I just thought the NFL schedule release was tomorrow, and then, hey, the Jags are going to play two games uh, in London this year. Hey, here's the... Bengals and Chiefs. Hey, here's the Eagles and the Chiefs that are playing. Like, oh, oh, oh okay, whatever. I, I, I really, I bring that up though because has OU ever been a part of a schedule reveal live on television in program history? I don't feel like they have. And your first Not year in the that SEC, that's going to be a thing, and it's going to be pretty amazing. I feel like, unless it's like the NFL and the schedule is right. leaked two days before it's actually set to air. You feel like it's got to, right? I mean, even even Shams, who uh, is a NBA reporter, was leaking the NFL draft picks this year along with everybody else. So it's like, you know, it's it's one of those things I get that everybody wants to break news and this is their job. I totally understand that. But, man, it takes kind of the fun out of it. Like, I want I, know, I want man. to be able to watch the same reason, Tyler, that I want – the college football playoff, like, committee, I want that to be televised. Like, I think the easiest way to get viewership for the college football playoff, rankings reveal and everything like that, and the most transparency with the sport, Tyler, is for them to televise the meetings that they have. Because, you know, we always have to wait for, what is it, Heather Dinich to come out and say, um, well, they're, they said that they're prioritizing um, – defense this year or uh, they said that they're prioritizing game control they said that they're prioritizing uh conference championships it's like no just televise it i want i want them to actually i want that to I'd see. watch it man oh I, I i'm not sure i would i know a college football fan that wouldn't because at minimum you would get transparency into the process i mean to be like all right are they actually biased against this? Who's standing up and making the points for this, that, and the other? Are people actually recusing themselves? Like, I think a lot of people would watch that. 
Well, you'd want, I mean, there might even be a chance of, I don't know, guys, USC, this is the third consecutive year they played god-awful defense. I don't think that they're in the top four. I don't think there should be a top four. Like, that's right. a, a made-for-TV event. Like, maybe not even so much. Like, who's who's really in the top four, of course, but basically them slamming the other teams that are in the top four outside of it would be pretty amazing television, I got to say. Right. I mean, it would be reality TV, but you're, ma- but you're like, you're mixing reality TV with extremely high stakes about uh, about a sport that has the most fanatical people in the world watching it like it is it is the perfect combination of things to make for an all-time TV event all right well hey you can get me on board with that I, I've been on board with that for a while I'd watch it I'm, I'm just curious can I get you or anybody else on board I mean it's gonna happen I, I just think it's gonna be amazing. You'll already know your three-game non-conference schedule. You'll already know your three permanent opponents. But there could be six games, Travis, on live television against SEC teams that you find out live in the moment which SEC teams you play and if you play them in Norman and on the road. And that immediate reaction of, oh, my God, we get to go to Knoxville. Oh, my God, Georgia comes to Norman this year. Like That, that to me, is going to be... Oh, I can't wait. It, it sounds amazing. Maybe it doesn't end up being as cool as I think it is, but I've never seen it before as an OU fan. Like We haven't seen that before. I just think that that whole new experience in a new conference is going to be amazing. Amazing. You and I are – it's going to look like a telethon, right? It's going to look like a telethon. You, me, you know, Perry, Brian, Casey, and, and we're all going to be next to phones, and whenever it's – Oklahoma goes to Tennessee. They'll be playing Knoxville on October 23rd. All of us are picking up the phone going, hey, we'd like to host a remote. Um, Who knows someone with the yacht over there in Tennessee? We've got the pregame, postgame show. We're with Kay. I'll tell you what, that's what we're going to start doing because I promise you, I'm going to do everything I can to be at every one, and I know you are too, so – that's uh, those those things are going to be uh, happening, no doubt. But yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a blast, Tyler. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be sweet. Uh, thanks a lot, Tommy. He sends a schedule leak from the NFL. Uh, his oh, schedule great. leak is the Dallas Cowboys will not be playing in the NFC Championship game for Ooh. the twenty eighth straight year. They've been eliminated. Oh, <sighs> even I brutal. have to laugh about that. That's that's pretty amazing. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. That's funny. So, hey, but speaking speaking of uh, you know expectations of teams out of Texas, uh, I think I saw updated odds. I think Texas became even a bigger favorite in one of the sports books to win the Big Twelve. You know, interesting because they haven't done so since two thousand nine. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny because we're the second best odds. I think I saw us at uh, like a plus three thirty. Yep, it's like. If you just assume Texas is going to not live up to expectations, you have to feel pretty good as having the best odds to win the Big 12, you know, because you don't count Texas. I am far from a uh, betting sharp. Uh, Far from it, okay? But I would be interested to ask the uh, wise guys out there in the desert, like, hey, um, what – what would you guys say about really fading the favorite to win a conference when they haven't done so in over a decade and only a couple of times they've even come close to it? I feel like those guys would say, yeah, that's a pretty wise betting strategy because, yeah, Texas is the favorite at plus 115, then it's OU at plus 330. So a pretty decent little gap there between Texas and everyone else. I feel like it's a sound betting strategy to say, yeah, maybe we're not going to take the team with not great odds who hasn't won it in a long time. It's probably a right way to go about that. 
Right, right. This bet, this bet would have won because I, it would be, it would be tough because obviously OU is, is favored to win it often and they have been favored to win it often over, you know, much over the last two decades. But it would be interesting to see how many times Texas has been the favorite. And you know that there's some gambler out there that has been, has just lost immense amounts of money. That bought into the Texas's back hike. Yeah, and it's like immense amounts. And his of name money. is Matthew McConaughey. I think that we <laughs> think that we know that. <laughs> exactly. Sweaty and shirtless, and goes into the sports book <laughs> every single year in Vegas and puts uh, five grand down on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, I, I'm telling you, it's it, it's it's. I, I'm going with your betting strategy. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until uh, they can actually prove that they can do it. But I'll tell you what, it would be poetic, right, Tyler? The last year of the uh, Big Twelve as we know it, OU and Texas on the way out. Hey, here you go, here you go, Yarmark. You got your two uh, you got your two flagship programs going out the door on top. Because you know they they've announced uh, new creative things for everything in the Big Twelve. Hey, we're gonna do this new awesome pro day next year at uh, the Star in Frisco. Hey, we might do an XFL type of uh, broadcast for our Big 12 games moving forward. They'll do something at the Big 12 championship game, and Brett Yormark will plug, uh, pull the plug on it uh, the night before. He might not even show up. It's OU in Texas. <laughs> Should be amazing. They're gonna, they're gonna, he's going to try and negotiate the TV rights to move to the third-place game. Yeah, I guess OU fans really – well, do they, do they have a beef with Brett Yormark? They, they would totally boo Bob Bowlesby if he was still the commissioner. Well, OU fans, if they win the Big 12 championship at Jerry World and Yormark's out there with the trophy, will they boo him? Or, I don't. Or not. I don't think so. I think. I mean, I'm just speaking for myself here, but I like your Mark. I, I think he's. Uh, I think he's done some decent things. When I mean, I'm not sure. I guess you just had to look better than the Pac-12, and that hasn't been very hard. But I think. I think he's done some some interesting things. I, I liked the idea of all the different foods at the uh, at the basketball uh, conference tournament. He's trying to try. He he's trying. I'll yeah. put it that way. And yeah. that is a lot more that can be said about a lot of conference commissioners over the years. He's Bullsby. trying. Bullsby. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, you got the hiccups there? Go uh, get a pie. Yeah, sorry. Just sounds Go like, get a pork and pie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like Bo Jackson. <laughs> That's still so odd, man. Still so odd. Uh, real quick for the 405. Hey, guys, do you think the SEC chairman will put the reins on Texas coaches the way they have acted in the past? Um, I mean, I think that they're going to put the reins on the whole horns down thing, being a 15-yard penalty. I think they'll probably laugh in their face about that one. So, Right. Like, Mac Brown saying, well, the paddle people in Stillwater are too loud. We can't hear before the snap. Like, I, I dare Texas to start saying stuff like that in the SEC. It's not going to go over well. I think, I, think the, <laughs> I think the only thing that, like, I, I think the only thing that Texas will – and obviously this is an Oklahoma thing too, but I think the only thing that Texas is going to try and make happen and I think it will be successful is getting Red River when we want Red River and where we want Red River and a time slot for it. Like, I think if I'm Texas, I'm sitting there going, all right, look, let's put all of our eggs into this basket and let's not worry about any of the other stuff. Seriously. Is that the 230 basket, by the way, they're they're trying to get all the eggs into? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Yes, the Hope, 230 basket. Ho- hoping that was the case. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to that. More college football next right here on The Ref. Football. You love it. We love it. You live it. We live it. You need it. We got it. Nobody covers college football better. The Rush right here on The Ref Sports Radio Network.
Summer is just around the corner at Riverwind. And if you're looking for OKC's best casino experience, you'll find it right here at Riverwind. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. I saw a random uh, Twitter post today. What's the highest scoring college football game you've ever attended? And you know what I initially thought it was? Was the uh, OU Texas game from uh, two years ago when OU won 55 to 48, 103 points? That's actually wrong for me. Highest scoring uh, OU game I've ever attended. 62-52 in uh, Bedlam back in 2017, 114 points. Can you, yep. think, can you think of a game that's been higher scoring than that? No, mine would be the OU Texas game that you mentioned. 103, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, Wasn't it like 59-56 against West Virginia in 2018? Yeah. and That was in Morgantown. Hmm. It's been a lot of these. <laughs> well, you know, we we had a we had a pretty rough defense and a historic offense for the feeling. It feels like the better part of a decade at this point, Tyler. So um, there's going to be a lot of OU games that are probably on that uh, kind of like top 25 list of the highest scoring games. Uh, Greg from Lawton on the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. Your mark already set up OU. His best chance for a playoff run. Your mark very well may be become one of the best commissioners in college football. So I think Greg is saying conspiracy theory, and a good one at that, he set up OU's schedule for a legit playoff run. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But, again, I think it comes down to the success of your mark to me was going to come down to did, did he just beat, beat out the Pac-12? Like, did, did he – did he distance himself from the, from the Pac-12 and maybe give him a chance to poach a couple of those schools? And I think he did a good job with that. But, yeah, I mean, schedule sets up nicely. The, uh, the, by the way, the game I was thinking about, uh, um, I, for, I forgot whether what the exact score was, but 66-59, obviously the Mahomes-Mayfield oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> game. I think that's got to be up there like a, like a top ten in the sports history, I imagine, right? Yeah, I probably so. Real quick, Doug and Norman on the text line. Uh, our idea to, or your idea to broadcast the college football playoff meetings, that can't mm. be televised because of fan bases like OU. You call them passionate. The rest, rest of the world calls them dumbass Okies. I have experienced the harassment of OU fans, of which I am one, and if the football committee's deliberations were televised and OU didn't get picked, the OU fan base would immediately publish their home addresses and phone numbers and with encouragement would harass them to death, possibly literally, all in the name of being passionate. We would show up well, at these people's houses, Travis, according to Doug. I think it, that's why I think they need the transparency. If somebody was like, hey, the OU defense isn't any good, that's why we're going to leave them out, I don't think a lot of OU fans would be like, uh, we got to come find you. Final hours next. 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, the Ref Sports Radio Network. 
GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function